What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson alongside my co-host Jim Eikenhofer of Pelicans.com. It's a late one for us here in the Central Time Zone, 9 p.m. Central tonight. And it's also a big one nationally televised on TNT. It's the Pelicans and the Suns. And to help us get you ready for tonight's game, we welcome back in Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns for the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm sure you all noticed that Dwayne was on during our NBA draft preview, and he's gracious enough to join us once again. Hello, Dwayne. Good to talk to you. How are you? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. We're good. So uh, fill us in, Dwayne. Uh, you know, we're trying to watch as many Suns games as we can in the first week or so, but what can you tell us about the 2-1 and one Suns heading into tonight's ballgame? Well, their, their last win in the back-to-back, uh, this is not for the NBA, is having back-to-backs against the same team or two games in three days against the same team, you know, as far as the travel and things of that nature with safety uh, being a priority within that schedule. But uh, the second the second game against Sacramento was 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 huge for them in a sense because Monty Williams basically just said they they came out and played like like okay you know we're gonna, we're just gonna walk in the gym and and we're gonna win and uh, you know get not you know not not having that work ethic uh, he basically he said that the Kings outworked uh, his team and that's something that he just can't tolerate so basically uh, Mikael Bridges said that he got on him. <laughs> and uh, the next, the next day, the next night, you know, they they beat Sacramento by 16. So I, th- I thought that was huge for them in terms of how how do you respond, uh, particularly early in the season. And and I get it's just one game, and I get it's just the third game of the season, but uh, that was a, that was an important win, um, based because Sacramento is like like New Orleans and and some of these other teams that you know looking at that seventh and eighth, ninth, or tenth spot. And so uh, that was obviously significant. You, you didn't want to drop two if you're Phoenix uh, to Sacramento. So uh, I, think, I think they're trying to get their legs under them. They got a bunch of new guys, obviously, and trying to figure out rotations and, and things of that nature. So there's a lot of uh, trying to figure out who plays well with who. Sarich hasn't played yet. Uh, he's supposed to play tonight where he's listed as probable, which typically means you're going to play, but he hasn't played all preseason and he hasn't played during the regular season. So that's, that's something that you know, trying to figure out who, who can do what. And, and so they, so it's been a lot of experimenting uh, these first few gifts, first three games, but uh, to come out two and one, without having one of your better players uh, not hit the floor yet. Uh, that, that, that's a pretty good start. Yeah. Before I get into the, the ex, uh, before I get into the importance of tonight's game, just you know, a lot of people have high expectations for the, the Phoenix Suns just based on the moves they made, of course, with Chris Paul. Right. Um, do, do they feel those expectations, the Suns? Do they feel like, you know, they should be, you know, playing a lot better this year? they feel like they have high hopes for the season? Oh, there's definitely high hopes. That's why um, the game, the loss, uh, Devin Booker, he, he, he said that, that the mood in the locker room was if they had just been eliminated from the playoffs. So it was like, you know, like, whoa, this, this is this is not us. This isn't supposed to happen. And uh, they started off down 11 nothing, and it was 15-2. to two, And and, and, and I, w- I would dare to say for the remaining seven quarters of their back-to-back that Phoenix, you know, was the better team. But the first quarter obviously uh, did them in uh, in that game. So I think that, you know, when you're looking at it from that perspective, uh, they, in a way, on the one end, they're downplaying a little bit. Well, you know, we hear, we hear it, but we're just going to stick to what we do. But then on the other end, you know, when you lose a game, that's when you find out, 
okay, how, 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 how do you really feel? Because if you keep winning, and it's like, all right, yeah, we're following this process, we're following this program. But then once you lose, that's when you find out what they really think. And uh, you could tell that that after that loss, that it was like, hey, you know, if we want to be a playoff team, this isn't supposed to happen. And so uh, that's why the response uh, Sunday was was pretty significant for them, be it as early in the season. Yeah, you talked about the significance of, of splitting that with the Kings. And, you know, it's crazy to think about, or are we crazy to think about that tonight's game is just game four of the season for both teams and that this is just as important uh, for both teams as far as a tiebreaker scenario, two teams right. that – could be battling each other. Am I crazy to think that even though it is game number four, that tonight can be really important? No, it, no, it's definitely not. I, I I wrote today that that this was an early statement game for both teams. That this is a, this is a chance that you got national television game, nationally televised game on TNT. This is an opportunity to to show how we who, who you are. And 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 the funny thing about it is that you know both of these teams are two and one and. And you're looking at it and going, okay, if it does, if it does come down to a situation, maybe it's coming down to six, seven, and then you, you know, you're a game ahead and you're six. So then, then you have to do the play in. Maybe it's one of those situations. Uh, you look at, you know, I'm looking at New Orleans and I, Brandon Ingram. It, it's I know Zion is the name, and obviously he's playing well, averaging a double double. But Brandon Ingram is uh, he come out the gate, you know, on fire. I think he's averaging nearly 27 a game, like 26.7, something like that. Lead, you know, his numbers are up in assists, numbers are up in rebounds. And then so when you look at that team and those two, then along with the additions of Steven Adams, who was just a mountain of a man, and, and the things that they've done, uh, this, 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 this is a formidable foe. And that's why I'm looking forward to the game, because I think that, that both teams are going, to, are going to challenge each other and really get after it because I think they both understand that even though it's early, it is important to, to, to come out with a win tonight. Yeah, Dwayne, you know, Brandon Ingram won Western Conference Player of the Week. He's just, right. as you said, he's just been really impressive so far. Seems like after he won Most Improved Player last season, he's going to take it to another level based on how he's played so far. Um, you mentioned the, the uh, additions that the Pelicans have made. Wanted to ask you about really the biggest one that Phoenix made in the offseason. Maybe not based on the stats. Chris Paul hasn't had a you know a great start to statistically, but uh, I think a lot of people are really curious around the NBA of what kind of impact he's going to have on Phoenix. What what uh, has he done so far in terms of just maybe the way he's played or the the impact that he's had on other guys on the on the team through the first three games? Well, DeAndre Aiden basically says that Chris Paul is on him every day. And, and, and that's something that DeAndre Ayton, even though he's in his third season, probably needs. <laughs> probably yeah. needs, needs somebody to, to be on him uh, every, every day on some level. Monty Williams related a story. I asked him, what has Chris Paul done that makes you go, I'm glad we have him. And he said that, that him and DeAndre Ayton were in a, in a room watching film, just those two, nobody else by themselves and Chris was going over the film with him and he was like you can't pay for that and that's that's just an example of what he's done uh, off 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 which we would say off outside of the games sure in the games you know what he does in terms of at the end of the game against Dallas he was having a bad shooting game and and he end of the game he, he makes a play he makes a steal if he hits a shot to put him up three uh, the, the best statistical game he's had was then a loss against Sacramento. He had 22 and 22 and 12, 12 assists. 
And Monty was Monty Williams was like, well, he would have had 20 assists if he would have made shots. You know, because he was he's finding guys wide open and that they weren't hitting shots that night. But then and then the next game, you know, he I, I've said this about him in terms of the, the the numbers that I think that he shouldn't be asked to average 18, 19 points a game. Because if he's being asked to do that, that means these other guys aren't doing what they're supposed to do as far as offensively. They got guys that can shoot, got guys that can score, and you and Chris Paul shouldn't have to. Uh, you know, be a be a second leading scorer on the team. So sure. you look at it from that perspective. I think that he's brought a, a, a heightened level of awareness of this is how you're supposed to play. Uh, DeAndre Aiden has called him the leader of the team. Guys have been there no more than what four weeks. If you count the, the camp, and you know, and so I think that you look at it from that from that perspective. Uh, he, he's come in right away and set the tone for how you're supposed to approach games. And and the big thing that I wrote about was about him being demanding. So I had talked to the guys that he had played with, uh, Blake Griffin and, and the guys that, you know, coached Billy Donovan and, and guys that had coached him and, and uh, Doc. And, and so it was like, uh, Monty Williams was like, what's the problem with this? <laughs> what's the problem with him being demanding? And, yeah. and so, and so I think that that's, 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 and of course, you know, him having been in New Orleans, I mean, the guy is so, uh, such a tactician and wants things to be done uh, the right way and go and go over situations over and over and over uh, to, to make a point in terms of this is how you're supposed to play. And guys were talking about how they're doing five on zero and, and, and Chris is going, okay, no, let, let's go over that again. There's no, no defense. There's no defense. He's like, let's go over this play again. Let's go, okay, I see a flare, let's do this. And it's like, I'm sure that, you know, young players are like, why are we, why are we doing this? But again, he's, he's setting the tone of, this is how you're supposed to prepare for games. And so I think that he's made an impact, uh, even though he, he hasn't shot the ball well, and he's had some turnover uh, issues early, but part of that, it was this condition. He wasn't in um, the best, best shape yet. And he's, he's probably still getting there. But that's another thing for Monty Williams. He's like, I can't wait till he's in great shape. Because if we're getting this now, I can't wait to what we're going to be once he once he's really uh, you know in, in the best shape that he can be. You know, certainly if you just look at the the stats, some of the Suns' young players are off to really good starts. Um, you mentioned Bridges, uh, Aiton as well, and Cam Johnson. I I noted right. that all three of those guys are shooting over fifty percent from the floor, which. I mean, we're super early and the numbers don't necessarily mean a lot, but I think that's definitely encouraging. Um, I know we try not to get too deep into sweeping assessments and analysis after only a week of the season, but right. when we talked to you in November before the draft about expectations and the excitement that Phoenix had for this season. Um, have your, after the first three games, the first week of their season, have your, um, has your perception or your expectations changed at all in terms of what they can do? Or is that pretty much the same, you know, based on what you thought going into the season? It's, it's, it's pretty much the same. I mean, I, I had them, we did, we did a prediction on where teams would finish in their top, top 10 and I had them seventh. And uh, it was, it was one of those, one of those deals where I just think that you know, the West is obviously extremely tough. And so I'm looking at it and going, all right, well, they, they, they're better, but you know, the conference is better. So trying to weigh that out and, 
Mm -hmm. and see where they might, you know, where they might fit in terms of in, in that top 10. But the expectation is that I, I believe this is a, a playoff team that will have to go through the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs. Sure. And so, uh, you know, it's just so crazy that the play-in tournament is here because on the one end, you're like, well, okay, yeah, we, you know, we, we might, if, if we are fortunate enough to, maybe, maybe we don't have this kind of season we want, but we end up nine or 10 and we still got a chance. Or it's like, oh wow, we we've had a better season than what we thought, but we're we're seven. <laughs> we got to do this playing thing. So yeah. that's why I think it's important in these games like this because you're the team that, that we're talking about here uh, are the ones that you when, you when you start looking at the schedule at the end of the year, you're like, oh man, we well we dropped that one and now we're we're eight. You know, we dropped that one and we're nine. And so you, you don't you don't want to have that thought in your mind. Uh, when we when we get later into the season. Yeah, I mean, certainly I don't envy someone who has to make predictions. It's something that I stay away from just because, I mean, not only is it difficult to gauge how the team that you cover is going to do, but, I mean, there's so many teams in the West that could yeah. potentially go one in one direction or the other. I know it's way too early, but, for example, people are discouraged by the way Golden State has started and right. a bunch of other examples as well that you could point to of that. I mean, it's just so difficult to project how everything's going to go. Um, last thing I wanted to ask you before go, go, going back to Daniel, um, you mentioned earlier just the, the series that the Suns already had against Sacramento. I was curious from your perspective as far as covering the team and maybe even watching the games, um, what, what is, what's your first impression of, of that concept of playing you know, the same team two games in a row in the same arena? Is it something that you like or something that you uh, – have any feelings about it. I know every team in the league is going to be going through this soon. And the Suns were really one of the first teams to, to have one of those quote unquote series so far. Right. Right. I mean, they, they have one later next month uh, with Dallas. It's at Dallas and they've got two out of three at Dallas. So they're, they're, they're going to have one uh, next month. And then I believe they have, they have one at home with Denver as a back to back. And so I, I, I think it's pretty cool. I think they should stick with this. I initially thought when they when they were going to go outside of the bubble that that it would be something similar to this, and maybe even playing three games uh, to kind of get them out the way, you know, in terms of playing, um, you know, to play those particularly the West Western and within the conference. I, I thought that it would be even more ideal to even do three in a row, but I, I think the fact that it's it gives it kind of a playoff feel. You know, okay, yeah, we're, we're playing the same team again. And I think that, you know, a situation where you, you want to see, okay, who makes the right adjustment? You know, it's like, okay, you just played them. Are you going to let them beat you again? It's like a pride thing. Like, okay. Yeah. They, 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 they just, they, you know, they just beat you. All right, you're going to let this happen again? You see them again? It's like, like, you know, it's like, it's like going to the park and you play a team one day and they, and they beat you. And then the next day you, you show up. Nah, we're not losing. We're not losing the day. You know, they they are they're back. We're back. Okay, let's 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 do this. So, it's it's a similar feel. But no, I I, I think it's pretty cool. I, I I like it, and and because it used to, you know, I, in the past, it's been you play, you know, at, at their arena, and they come to your arena the next night. It was that kind of thing. But this this right here, uh, staying in the same city. Uh, it, it gives it something. If, if we can get to the point where fans are back, uh, that could be some real uh, interesting stuff. 
uh, the, you know, to see the same team come in in a regular season as opposed to a playoff. So I, I, I like it. I, that's one of the better things I've, I've seen in, in, in the schedule, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how everyone reacts, whether it's fans, players, um, coaches. I know for a travel standpoint, it definitely works out. Um, kind of feeling like a little mini playoff series. So I'd be curious right. to see if they stick with this um, past this season. But before I let you go here, I just want to talk about tonight's game. Uh, what's going to be key for either side, whether it's a potential matchup or, or a stat that you've seen from the from the Suns heading into tonight's game? What's going to be key for either side to, to get the win tonight? Well, it's funny. I, I looked up uh, – well, I actually I looked it up because I talked with talked with some people, and uh, they're they're both like top five in defensive rating. I think mm-hmm. they have the same number, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, whoa! <laughs> like you would never, you know. Like I, I know Phoenix last year. I mean, they, they 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 played defense, but not at that level. And New Orleans hadn't played at that level either, based on the numbers. So I'm I want to see if the numbers check out. You know, you know, is, are we going to have a what would be low scoring now would be, you know, 104, 101 or something like that. That's a low scoring game in today's game. So I want to see if how those numbers check out. And and then uh, who's going to guard Zion? Uh, and, and I would think Jay Crowder would at the start. But what happens when Jay Crowder goes to the bench? I mean, who, who's guarding the locomotive? You know, who, who is the one that's going to try to keep that guy in front of you? Because uh, he, he's uh, his attack mode is scary because it's uh, it's a lot of force coming, and I'm like watching. I'm like, my God, like you know, at some point, I, I, you know, he forces you to either really think about getting out the way, you know, in terms of when he who's going to guard Ingram. You know, I, I'm curious to see is that Bridges. You know, Mikael's been the guy that's that's taking on. Uh, the matchup he guarded Luca, and so it's like, all right, well, how, how does this work? And, and then on the other uh, other side, Stephen Adams and Aiden. Well, Aiden hasn't been that big, big of a, a force offensively. It looks like he's he's he's. It looks like they're not calling upon calling for him to be the uh, you know the second guy because it's been more of everybody touch the ball and Mikael and Cameron shooting the ball. Uh, you know, well, so it's like, all right, well, let's 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 get everybody touches, and and it hasn't been a thing where throw the ball in the eight and let him go to work, and they've done it a couple of times, but it hasn't been a it doesn't feel like a priority, even though Chris Paul said after the game when he only took five shots that he has to get him some more touches, but I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays plays out in terms of uh, the matchups and and, and Chris and. You know, Devin and, and who they end up, you know, you've got Reddick who's going to be running all over the place. Okay. I remember he came here uh, last season and, and torched him. I mean, it was like right from the jump. We were like, <laughs> like, he got to be like, like, like I, we, we all know he could shoot it, but he was unconscious. And so, uh, so I'm curious to see the, 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 the matchups and then the, the benches, you know, because I, I think, you know, both teams pride themselves. It seems like just looking at, I've, I've watched the, the Pelican game, you know, just, you know, just, pride themselves on being deep teams. And so uh, whose bench is going to come in and, and make it happen when, when, when the guys start and they start subbing each other out and to get into that rotation. So uh, how much does Dario impact the game? How much does he play? And, and even, even, even Etuan Moore, because you know, Javon Carter, he, he defends, but he's not shooting, but he's shooting like 10% from three. 
And it's only three games, but Etuan Moore has not played yet. And so is this the game where Monty Williams says, okay, I'm going to give you, let's, let's get him in here. Let's see if he can, if he can, if he can get it going. And so there's a lot going on. And, and so, with, and again, when, when, when the Chuckster and, and Kenny Shack are watching, uh, it, it leads to a lot of uh, tweets about what they say halftime and after the game. So uh, looking forward to the whole uh, scene of it all for a game that, like you say, that is early. Uh, it, it's I've been I've called it a statement game. I, I truly believe it is for for both teams. I think the team that wins, uh, you might see something, might see them take off uh, a little bit and go on and make it, maybe go on a run, in, in, you know, early in the season. Yeah, it should be a fun one tonight. That's for sure. That's Dwayne Rankin, who covers the Suns for the Arizona Republic and AZCentral.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Dwayne Rankin, D-U-A-N-E-R-A-N-K. Uh, and Dwayne, this is a great chat. Now I'm ready to go for tonight's game. Uh, we'll talk to you later. I appreciate the time. All right, yeah, y'all take it easy. Stay safe. You too. All right, so there you have it. Pelicans and Suns tonight from Phoenix, 9 p.m. Central Time. Again, if you're not in the market, you can watch it nationally on TNT, part of the TNT doubleheader. But locally here, you can watch it on Fox Sports New Orleans with Joel, A.D., and Jen Hale. And then listen on the radio with Todd Graffanini, John DeShazer, and Caroline Gonzalez. We'll have pregame for you on the radio side at 8.30 p.m. Central Time. And, of course, you know, with not a lot of fans here, the Pelicans are not back at home until Saturday against Toronto. And just like all of you, Seeky can't wait to get back in the stands with you to cheer on the Pelicans and sing along to our favorite songs again. They're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in the Big Easy well easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by their buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, Let's go. So, again, big thanks to, to Dwayne Rankin here. And, you know, we'll have another podcast for you on Thursday. And their game day editions will welcome in Royce Young of ESPN.com. He'll get us ready as he covers the entire league. And the Oklahoma State Thunder as well. As uh, the Thunder been playing some good ball. They're one and one. But uh, kept it really close in a, in a tough loss last night to the Utah Jazz. But it should be another good one to wrap up the two-game road trip for New Orleans on Thursday. Hopefully we're talking about a three and one Pelicans. So for Jim Eikenhofer, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.